Hey, busy business people. I am here today with the queen bee of productivity herself, Christina Samoila. Hopefully I said that right from Be Productive. And we're going to get to pick her brain on business processes and productivity and how to make lots more money with way less time. So let's go. Okay, so Christina, the first thing I want to ask, what is productivity? You know, it's actually surprising how many people ask me how to be more productive, but actually nobody has, I don't, I think you're the first person who has ever asked me what productivity is. Everybody just asks me how to be more productive. Um, and the way I view productivity is kind of like in relation to busyness, because a lot of people confuse the two and they feel like as long as you're constantly doing something and you're working on something, then you're productive, right? Well, in my mind, productivity relates back to your strategic goals. So if you have put the thought and the time into developing goals, strategic goals for where you want to take your company or your business or even your personal life in the next week, month, quarter, whatever, as long as the things that are on your action item list match and like progress the goals that you set, then you're being productive. If you're working on constantly working on stuff that has nothing to do with what you eventually want to achieve at the end of the week or of the month, then you're just being busy. So I think that's kind of how I would make the distinction between the two. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know one of the ways that you help people be more productive is through processes. So it's like, speak yes. to that a little bit. Like, what are processes? How do they, like, weave into our business? Why are they important? Um, so processes are those things that help us um, be more profitable. Like, that is the top and very best goal for building processes. And it's it's kind of like your um, kind of like your recipes inside of your restaurant a little bit. So like if you had a restaurant business, and you know you had um, you had your employees just running all over each other, and you didn't know whether to tell somebody to go clean a table or go cook the food, or nobody knows what they were doing, then it means you have a lack of a lack of processes in your systems. If nobody other than you can cook because you don't have your recipes documented anywhere and all they all live inside of your head, that means you've got a lack of processes and standard operating procedures and all of that. But I feel like a lot of people tend to jump straight through like in the bottom line and be like, oh yeah, I need standard operating procedures, for example, or automations, for example. And actually the first ever process um, that you should really look at in your business relates back to what we were talking about before strategic planning you cannot build processes around anything because you're, you're going to end up uh, building processes for the wrong things if you don't first have a process for deciding what things you want to work on that so to make sure that all of your yeah, yeah. So to make sure that all of your processes actually support you moving in a certain direction, you have to have a process for how to set the direction. Yeah, I know that's one of the things that you're actually helping me with right now is making sure that we have some <laughs> form of like 
planning mechanism in place because I do like the digital marketer stuff and I have the uh, scalable stuff and have all these things that are like, this is how you should run your business. But then you have to sit down and actually do them. And it's like, you have to actually do the work for like your quarterly planning and your like big three and then breaking that down into action steps and getting those delegated out to the team. And then like, it's, it's a lot. And just having a process for how all of that is going to happen, how the meetings are going to happen, how the workflow is going to happen. And then it's just how you're going to track progress towards the goal. Which I know is one of the things that I've kind of sucked at historically. And you've been fixing with amazing dashboards that I just got to see one of them yesterday. And it's just like all the things, all the business data is on the dashboard. And it is absolutely (laughs) fantastic. And I am in love with it. Um, I mean, it's just, it's really cool seeing all the different stuff. So I know there's like, I'm even thinking through all the processes that you've helped us put together. And I know some of the biggest ones are when you're bringing on new employees or you're bringing on new clients. Like, can you speak to those processes a little bit? And like some of the things most people are, you know, A, screwing up and B, should be doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, actually, so the the onboarding process, whether it's for new clients or for new employees, is, and I think fortunately, the one that uh, is asked for the most. Uh, so if, out of everybody that I've talked to, everybody has kind of asked me for this in one form of another or another. So I I want to congratulate and yeah, everybody who puts active thought into this because. I feel like the biggest mistake that people tend to make is to think that, you know, once you've made the hire, the work kind of your work as an employer has stopped. Or like once you bring the client, then yay, you're done. You have the client. They've paid. Done. Like, uh, no, the work is just starting. Uh, And if you don't have a plan and a repeatable plan at that, then you won't get consistent results. And that's what the onboarding of clients and employees alike is supposed to do first shorten the amount of time that they need in order to like become profitable so like um on an employee you want to get them onboarded and fully trained as soon as possible so that they can get you a return on on your investment as soon as possible so that is the goal there with your clients you want to get the work done as soon as possible so that your employees are your employee's time is freed up, they get, your client gets to see results and, you know, the fastest your client will see results from your services, the happier they will be, the more they will recommend you forward and so on and so forth. And the faster you're able to deliver your service, the more you're going to be able to get more clients and more clients and more clients and scale and grow. So as long as people put a lot, put the right amount of thought and importance on onboarding, I feel like um, that's going to help them grow a lot. Well, and I mean, a lot of those sounded connected too, because it's like once you talked about a process for bringing on a new employee or bringing on a new client, and now you have to go and deliver the work, there's a ton of processes and SOPs and things that have to be put into place for that. I mean, you have to communicate yeah. with the client. You have to keep educating the client. You want to make sure that there's processes for what, upselling the client or cross-selling them into other services. If it's a project, what about when the project is done and now it's time to offboard the client or an employee is leaving and it's time to offboard the employee and make sure that transition yeah. is as smooth as possible. Like you just like, if you're thinking about that in terms of dollar signs, as you look through yeah. all the different pieces that you said, it's like, 
it's the difference between a project that's supposed to take six weeks taking six weeks or a couple months, you know, like being something that doesn't get done for like three months and the cost and the time and your ability to bring on more clients is all impacted by that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's not even like, it's, it's also a little bit about risk management. So it's not just like the dollar signs of like, how much does it actually cost me to deliver a service or to offboard or onboard somebody? It's also a lot about risk management. So for example, I have clients that I haven't been working with in like a year and a half, and I still have access to all of their systems. Why? Because they never really offboarded me. Oh, that's something I hadn't thought about, especially in a world where you're working more and more with contractors. And it's like, you have to have different processes and systems for different types of people as well. So whether they're a long-term contractor, short-term contractor, part-time employee, full-time employee, how they're going to have access to data and management and client information. Like, I know I've seen that where I'll take over stuff and like some employee they had three years ago is still in their system. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you have to document that stuff somewhere because like when you bring on a, a, a contractor to work on like a very isolated project, that's pretty easy because it's like, oh, I give them access to two softwares, I just take it back and we're done. But when you bring on somebody like me who kind of touches everything inside of your business, it's very easy to lose track of like everything that we've ever given access to to Christina. Yeah. So it actually can take literal months before you discover that you actually created a user for me, God knows where, in like some email system that you're not even using anymore. Yeah, I know that some of the stuff that you've been setting up for me just inside of ClickUp is to have access to that, have lists of the different software that we're using, have list of our different SOPs and the status of our SOPs and, you know, if they need to be updated or they're in good shape or and then all the processes for doing all of that. Mm hmm. Yeah, and who has who has knowledge for how to do everything? Because the the biggest um, thing is when when you lose an employee is like you're not just losing their the employee, you're losing all of their knowledge that they've learned. And if you don't know what all of that knowledge is, you won't you won't ever be able to fully replace and successfully replace that employee with a new one because you're like you don't know what the new employee should know. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah, especially here in the U.S. where like the culture here is to fire people at the end of a day on a Friday versus some kind of like two-week notice situation where you just won't have the time to, you know, get that knowledge out of their head. You're not going to have time to transition it into a new person. You're going to be stuck yeah. just trying to learn it all again or try and fill in the gap yourself and be like, I don't know how they did this or what software they were using. or Exactly. You know, and that's because most people, like even people who have actually gone through the huge effort of documenting all of their processes, they kind of document everything and then they stop. They're like, hey, it's all documented now. I'm done. Check mark. Where like they don't treat it as a living, breathing document, which is what it should be. They think like, hey, if I documented a process a year and a half ago, and I'm hiring a new person today. Do you think, do you really think that your process has not evolved or changed at all since a year and a half ago? Because no. I'm thinking if it hasn't, it might be a problem. <laughs> like I would, because business, especially in today's environment, they change so fast. 
that to me, in my experience, it's very hard to believe that a process will not change at all for a year and a half. And if it has changed, but it, the, the change hasn't been documented, then you're following outdated procedures and you're going to get outdated results. Yeah, especially when you have really smart employees, because they're going to be working to be more efficient themselves. So it's like smart employees and ones that are working remotely, right? Because they know that, hey, I can like, if I get the work done, I get it done in half the time, I can get my time back most of the time as a remote Mm -hmm. employee. That's just kind of how it works. That's how it has to work. So, I mean, they're going to be doing things and trying to get more and more efficient. And then, especially when you grow as a business owner and you're just in like, you're more in the sales and marketing side of things, not so much in the actual delivery and the day-to-day and the nuts and bolts. You might even mm-hmm. be selling something that this isn't how it works anymore. Like when you yeah. envision the process, it was 10 steps. And this employee has figured out how to make it go down to five and you're selling them on it. Like, you know, sales and reality aren't matching and it yes. makes for a very yeah. disconnected, you know, client experience, which is not great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and, and that's another thing where I feel like, a reason why people kind of feel scared and tend to kind of like put it off the documenting of systems, like they put it off is because it feels like such a gargantuan task because it feels like you have to do it all alone and you have to keep it updated all alone. But that's actually not true. Um, if, if you're putting intentional thought into it and if you're communicating your expectations out of everybody to everybody on your team. And if you're really good at like communicating and keeping them accountable, you can actually leverage everybody on your team a lot because like you just mentioned, at some point you are going to be quite removed from some of these processes like fulfillment. You're not, you're not going to be the one doing them forever. So it's, you're supposed to lose touch with it. But just because you lost touch doesn't mean that it shouldn't be kept up to date. It doesn't mean that everybody should should lose touch with it. It just means that as you see yourself stepping back from it, you have to put somebody in your place that is now responsible for keeping that process up to date. It doesn't need to be you forever, especially if you're not the one doing the process anymore, but somebody should. And once in a while, like once every three months or so, you should also take another look at it just to make sure that, hey, did this person that I delegated this responsibility to, did they actually keep the process up to date? Am I looking at the right thing? Yeah, that's one of the things was we started using um, Guru to document a lot of ours, kind of a combination of ClickUp and Guru. ClickUp's like the master list, which is what you've been setting up for us lately which is like the master list and if things are in good shape or not. But then like Guru is actually assigned to different people. So we know who the knowledge expert is and things too. Mm-hmm. And it's made it really easy to keep everything up to date. It's not as bad as what I thought it was going to be. And I mean, it is a little bit of a gargantuan task because like, as you start documenting processes, as you start actually mapping out, not just like, it's kind of like, this is what is currently happening. And then you start looking at it and you're like, Holy crap, that's a mess. And then you get like a good thing together. So you have to document what is and then look at what makes it yeah. better. And I mean, just yeah. having your help through that has been like, it is a little bit of a gargantuan thing. But when people ask me, like, what's the one thing I would say to myself 15 years ago when I started business, like that one bit of advice I would give processes. 
I don't care if you're like on your own or you already have a team, like just writing down like, hey, when I go to do this, I'm not just going to go do it randomly. I'm going to follow these couple steps. If you've got a you know, stack of sticky notes and stack of index cards just to start doing it because you start making it better when you can mm-hmm. see it. I mean, that was one of the biggest things I noticed was just having it laid out in front of me. I'm like, oh, no, that that wouldn't work really well. That's going to feel weird for the client or this is going to feel weird for the employee. Like, let's juggle this and this and you can move it around. Yeah, because when you when you're actually in the middle, in the weeds of doing it, you don't you can't really think big picture and small picture at the same time. So if you're actually in the weeds and doing it, you're kind of running on autopilot and you're just like doing the steps as you know them as they've been ingrained in, in your like subconscious or whatever. So it's only once you actually take a step back and you start documenting it and looking at it, not from like, I'm doing this right now perspective, but more like, what does this all look like when it's put together and flows? And that's when you begin to see like, actually this doesn't make any sense or we're missing a step here or like we're doing so much busy work here that actually doesn't make any kind of impact, anything like that. And uh, if I were to piggyback on something you said earlier, um, there's a common misconception that people who are still flying solo, like that processes aren't as important to them because, you know, they don't have a team. They don't need to delegate all of this. You know, they they're already doing it themselves. So they already know how it's done. Uh, Well, if you're never planning to scale a business ever and you're planning to stay solo forever, then that's one thing but the number one reason why uh solo entrepreneurs have trouble hiring and bringing on people to help them with things and scaling like that is because you're trying to bring in somebody and you're trying to tell them to do a job that you don't have documented anywhere and you're trying to feed it to them from memory and you're delegating by abdication instead of by actually teaching them how to do the thing And then it ends up, you end up seeing that, oh my God, it's taking me four months to teach this person how everything works in my business. And by the end of the four months, they're still not doing the tasks as well as I would do them myself. It would still take me less to do them uh, than it would take me to explain you, to explain to the person how to do them. So like, is it even worth my time trying to hiring people because they're not working out when actually it's all a process problem? I mean, even as a solopreneur, say you're working like 50 hours a week, if documenting your processes makes it just like that much faster for you to get through it with fewer mistakes, like say it made it like 5% faster, you just saved 5% of your time, you got two and a half hours back each week. Like, I mean, that's, it's not small, like we're constantly looking for, hey, I don't have enough time, or I can't get the things done, or how do I grow and scale my business without having to hire more people? It's like, well, processes it really does help because i mean i can't even tell you like i started running around and doing my own video marking a little bit by myself because i got challenged to do it and it's one of the things that doesn't have a process because i'm just doing it and i feel like every time i have went to publish my videos it's like oh crap i forgot about that social platform or oh crap i forgot about posting some stuff in my facebook group or like well dang it holy crap and it's like and i've been doing just from one day to the next like I've been doing videos consistently now for, I don't know what, like maybe a week, something like that, putting them out. I have missed one of the places I needed to put them every single time I've done it. And I'm like, okay, I need to sit down and document this. I was just thinking that earlier today because I just published videos earlier today. 
and I was like, some of them to save myself time. I went and like published all of them on YouTube. So those are there. I scheduled them all in the Facebook group, but I can't schedule them for Instagram and like TikTok. So I'm like, oh yeah, crap. So it's like just that one little bit of my business right now that doesn't have a process and I'm feeling the pain because I'm trying to do it by myself and just have fun with it while I'm trying to establish a process and figure out what I even want to do. And it's, well, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Once you establish the process, the next step would be to see which of these steps could you automate? Because as much as we try to be perfect, if the step is repeatable enough and it's consistent enough, there's a good chance that you could delegate it to a software. And if it's delegated to a software, you're guaranteed to have it done every time and the same way every time. So you're guaranteed an identical output. So, yeah. Definitely something I'll have to talk with you about pretty soon because uh, <laughs> I'm starting to get organized and have a backlog of videos and I got to get like a calendar together and a publishing system together and uh, an assistant to like give my assistant working on it. So I'm not doing it all by myself and yeah, we're hitting that point with it. But I think some of that is just, it's so crucial. And I know automations and software, that's one of the things you're very knowledgeable on. Like you've been pretty good at like looking at all the different platforms and how can we make them all you know, play together. So we're not looking at a bunch of different places. Um, I just want to like, what are some of the ones that you're knowledgeable about? Cause I know people are always looking for experts in various things. So just rattle off a list, of, like all the different software like you've just, worked It's with. a list of softwares and tools. Just, yeah, just like let's go with it. Cause if somebody's using one of them and they're not sure if they're using it correctly, not sure if it's got okay. the data that they need or need to connect it. Or, I mean, like you've made all of my software talk together. It's crazy. Okay. Well, um, I've worked with a lot of CRMs uh, just by the byproduct of working with businesses who are doing sales. You end up working with a lot of CRMs. Um, one of my favorite ones for me uh, right now is Go High Level, but I've worked with Pipedrive, with Active Campaign, with MailerLite, with a little bit with HubSpot. So, hodgepodge of all of the CRMs in existence. A lot of schedulers, of course, because everything happens virtually nowadays with meetings. So uh, Calendly, Schedule Once, all of the schedulers in the world. Um, what else? A lot of automation tools, of course. So like uh, Zapier, Integromat, stuff like that. And um, a lot of like most of the software that you end up working with has some level of internal automation possible. Um, so one advice that I always give people is like, don't immediately go to something like Integromat or Zapier. See if your software can internally handle an automation that you want to do, because it's going to be a lot less buggy if it can handle it internally than if you have so to like, like thrive, thrive automator built in is a good example of that one. Exactly. Exactly. Go High Level has a built-in automation tool. Um, ClickUp does, and ClickUp is actually another one of my favorite tools. I've worked with dozens of project management softwares, and out of all of them, ClickUp is the only one that I would actually recommend. Um, what else? Let's see. Um, a lot of content repurposing tools. So I've worked with like Otter AI to handle my transcripts. I've worked with, uh, what was it called? Similar to Riverside, like a restream.io for mm -hmm. that one. You know why, why I liked restream.io? Because um, I am a little bit camera shy. 
But I did want to take advantage of the fact that the Facebook algorithm and YouTube algorithm and pretty much all the social media algorithms everywhere, they favor live streams. So they favor live videos. But I never really felt quite 100% comfortable enough to actually be live on video. And I'm like, What's, what, what happens if I'm going to stumble? What happens if people see that I'm less than absolutely fucking perfect? <laughs> or if I say something on a call, for example. <laughs> right? Well, um, the reason why I love Restream.io is because it allows me to take a pre-recorded video and stream it as live, as if I was live. So if I'm doing a good enough job on the video and I can pre-edit that and do whatever fancy stuff I want to do with it, then I can still take full advantage of the Facebook algorithm and give it the best chance it has to like go out into the world and be seen by people and you know, do things. That's a neat so idea. I've, I haven't thought about that too much, but I like that. Yeah, so I, I actually automated my entire content repurposing um, workflow back when I was doing videos. So that, that's, that was last year. So that the only thing that I had to do was record a video, put it in a specific folder in a Google Drive, and everything would kind of trigger from there. So I had automations that saw when something was added, like a raw file was added and into that, it would notify my video editor and create a task for him to edit the videos. Uh, the task would tell him where to upload the final files. Once the final files were uploaded into that second location, then um, my social media would pick it up and be like, hey, there's this video here that just appeared. Let's publish it on Facebook and on YouTube and on blah, 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 blah. And then Otter would see it and do the transcript. And then it would send me the transcript and I could be like, okay, let's modify this, this, and this, and then put it out as a blog post. So it was all beautiful and automated. And then I stopped putting up, putting up content to force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always how it goes. That is always We each have our challenges. Like I... <laughs> I put out content for like a month or two months because I was excited about the process. And as soon as I started putting out the content, like my first, because that's how I think I would, of course, like, how do I make this process as streamlined as possible? Is it a process I'm going to do forever? I don't care. I'm going to streamline it right now and automate it right now. I don't care if it's something that I'm going to do like twice. Oh, that's better than the rest of us. The rest of us run around acting like idiots, putting stuff together, only to you know realize later that it's all off the rails, and then trying to pull it back. So yeah. I love all that. I know another ones you were doing um, Google Data Studio, which is the one you did the dashboards on for me. So that was another one. I was trying to think of oh, all yeah. the software you touched for me because I know I have a ton. Uh, you've done things with like Thrive Themes and Thrive Quiz Builder and Thrive Automator, and we've used Miro for. Miro. Oh my God, Miro! Why did I forget to mention Miro? Actually, you you're the one who introduced me to Miro, and I have fallen in so in love with it that actually I feel like I run sixty percent of my business off of Miro and ClickUp. Yep. Actually, no, half of Miro. Miro and Clip, ClickUp make up like 90% of my business with like 10% being automation and like Zapier and Integromat. Yeah, a little bit of go yeah. high level for some of the stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, I'm basically the same thing now. It's like high level, ClickUp, Miro, and then like WordPress with Thrive Themes and mm -hmm. all of their suite of plugins. Like Thrive Themes is not just themes, it's all their other stuff. But yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Other tools, other tools. Um, 
Slack. Well, we use Slack for messaging. Yeah, that's actually another one that's really cool is um, we centralized all of the notifications so that instead of, you know, having to check your scheduler to see if somebody scheduled a call or look for an email notification when a lead has come through and stuff like that, we actually centralized all of your notifications in your Slack channel. Like we created different Slack channels for different types of notifications so that for you know, key things that we want to track. So like booked calls, lead, new leads, sales, uh, invoices, getting paid, stuff like that. Even Facebook Messenger, which like I am notorious for not noticing that I have new messages on Facebook Messenger for like on the business, whenever they send messages to the business, like Facebook page, I I miss those like probably 90% of the time. One of those came into my Slack the other day and when I caught it and it was like, oh, Hey, cool. That was so cool. Sorry. I had to mention that one. That got me really excited. Nice. Yeah. I miss those like almost every time I had some that it was like a year later. I noticed them like, that's how bad I am. (laughs) The messages that come in on the business page. Facebook doesn't really do a good job of sending you notifications about them. No, it does okay for like personal. Cause like I'm in personal Facebook messenger talking to people all the time, but like for the company for like Sparkative, I don't see those most of the time. Mm -hmm. So it came into Slack and it was like, hi, that is cool. (laughs) Yay. And I got, I was so excited about that happening. It's like, cause it's all, I mean, you centralized it all. So it's all over there. So it's like, I live in Slack and ClickUp and everything happens in Slack and ClickUp. And we all have little dashboards in ClickUp to see exactly what's going on. And then we have the like you can embed all the other stuff into ClickUp. So like Google Data Studio and things yeah. like that, I think can even be embedded into there. So you just kind of yeah, live there. But, but yeah. it moves so slow that I don't want to. <laughs> Full disclosure, the more data you have, the slower it'll move. Well, true. All right. Well, I know I have picked your brain for all kinds of stuff on why processes are so important. So like if somebody needs help with processes, okay, I worded that wrong. Not if someone needs help. When someone finally realizes that they need help, not an if, and they want to get in touch with you, where do they find you? What does working with you look like? Um, Well, um, I have a website. It's called beproductive.eu. So if you want to find out more about what I do and what all the options and stuff like that, you can head out there. Um, But it's B-E-E. beproductive.eu like the bumblebee thank you (laughs) indeed um but the easiest way like i feel like there's two ways people can work with me if you're one of those those people who kind of likes to get involved and likes to be likes to work in the trenches and likes to know how everything works and not likes knowing how to do everything um then uh my sting operation membership might actually might actually be a a good option for you because you get access to me uh and you're able to pick my brain with any question and we can shoot looms back and forth and like i can give you feedback and advice and you get a hecton of different templates for processes, automations, standard operating procedures. So if you're just starting out and you don't want to start off a blank slate, you kind of want to see what people do and what kind of things are already available out there, uh, this might be a good option for you. Whereas if 
you're more like Christina, who's like, I just want somebody to do my homework. Please do my homework for me. I know. Then um, you can head out there and uh, you can book a clarity call with me and we can talk about uh, doing some one-on-one work, uh, getting some projects together. So I'm available for implementation work as well. That was awesome. And I would highly encourage people to go look at both of those, like being able to either pick your brain or get your help one-on-one. I obviously love the one-on-one option because it's like (laughs) having you all over everything in my business, fixing it all and making it all work great. It's like, I I was one of the only people that I've talked to. I went out of town for a week, y'all, to Austin and I came back and I didn't have anything else on my to-do list. There was nothing else big that needed done because we fixed a lot of my systems and processes and we were able to delegate all that stuff off. And my team was able to handle everything completely while I was gone. The only thing I was responsible for was marketing and sales. And I was doing that while I was out of town. So I didn't come back to a massive to-do list. It was all handled. Everybody else is like, Oh, I'm trying to make up for last week and this week. And I'm so sweat. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just going about life as usual. Y'all good luck. So (laughs) I like that option. Obviously, there's very limited slots to work with her in that capacity, and I have one of those slots right now, and I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, really great option, and the membership, being able to just pick her brain and just like get access to all those resources and get question, like get your questions answered, so you're not running off doing something stupid, is so important. <laughs> um, so so important. That's how I started with Christina, was just pestering her and asking questions, and it was helpful. Um, so yeah, highly recommend all those. I'll make sure those links are somewhere around here. And thank you so much for coming on, Christina, and sharing so much of your advice today. This has been amazing. You're very welcome. And thank you very much for having me in Mid Luna. <laughs> yeah. Peppy has been walking around the whole time wanting on the show. Yes, she has. <laughs> She's wondering where her brothers are. Ah, there we go. All right. Well, entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action. Head over to etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Until next time. Bye. Toodaloo.